you did you record? No, not yet. Um so uh just just real quick, um for anyone tuning in. Um, I don't even remember, I guess, episode 19. Is that accurate? God, 19 episodes already. Jeez, we started in August, almost 20 episodes. Um, But um, so today we're going to be talking about um, racism and uh, discrimination in a lot of, uh, I'm going to focus more on the South Asian community because obviously I'm, my background is is South Asian, um, but I'm going to talk a little bit about just Asian in, uh, in, in general. Uh, and then we're going to get into the Falcon and, and Winter Soldier. We're at um, two episodes so far in the series. We've got the third one coming out this Saturday. Um, so I'm going to start off with the introductions. Uh, have myself, Omar, or I guess uh, first first names already. I know where we're doing names. We see your first and last name on the thing. <laughs> sure, I know. I, I know that's what I was saying, but you're like, no. All right. So we have uh, this random uh, fan today, Nicholas. He's our top fan. <laughs> Right, and one uh, and uh, actually, Sahid, why don't, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? And our yeah, I'll introduce today. myself. So it's this. Um, my name is Sahid, and um, <laughs> and I want to introduce uh, a mentor of mine at my uh, that I work with, and a fan of the show. Happy to have him on. Thank you for joining us, y'all. Your support, Mr. Jose. How's it going? Doing pretty good. Other people call me Carlos. Some people call me Paco. You know. See, I did not know any of this. <laughs> For some reason, people forget my name is Jose and will call me Carlos, which is my brother's middle name. But, you know, since we're talking about racism and topics like that, you know, we all look alike, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> the, the, yeah. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's the perfect segue. So. No, seriously, uh, Jose, you know, glad to have you here. You're your first guest on the show, so it's very special. Ooh, um, I, you know, we, we, we know you've been, um, you know, watching several of our episodes, and seriously, we, we really appreciate it. Yeah, um, we would give you some merch, but we don't have any yet. So. <laughs> not yet, not yet, but we've been talking about it very, very soon. So anyone watching this, we're going to come out with some really cool merch pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but bo- actually, before we get into, dive into our topics for, for the night, um, wanted to try something a little bit different that we we do at the start of um, uh, every episode. We're going to try our best. Um, start giving a shout out to some local minority-owned businesses. And so uh, first one um, is is my uh, my my second home. And uh, I'm making sure my, my wife is not watching this. I'm away she, from she home. Is. Yeah, away <laughs> from home. There you go. Um, great place. It's called Fusion Hookah Lounge. It's in Springfield, uh, 6400 Commerce Street, Springfield, right across the street from Springfield Mall. Um, they've just redesigned. They're, they're doing a, another re really soft opening. Um, the place looks amazing, and uh, you know, best hookah in in the DMV for anyone into that. They have you know uh, um, full full you know food menu as well. Definitely vouch for the spot. Enjoy my time there. Definitely miss it with the pandemic and everything. So I can't wait to get back. Yeah. You should have a catch a theme song like something like uh, the place to be when you're COVID free, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. They do have a temperature check. They do require you to wear masks until you sit down, and they do take precautions in all the servers and wear masks. So just in case anyone's wondering, and they do have outdoor seating as well. Uh, also, um, we have uh, NV Solutions as well, another local um, 
local business belongs to one of our very own Nicholas. Um, yeah. So Nicholas, you want to talk really quickly about that? Yeah, Envy Solutions is my uh, my side hustle. Um, so basically use that to do a lot of um, web development, application development. I did the uh, the logos for the podcast um, and, and, and for some other people as well. So I'm still getting my feet wet in, in different things, but uh, mostly do um, web design for various uh, websites and stuff. So definitely looking to keep things going. Awesome. And um, uh, another one is actually my own side gig too. So I've been doing this for about maybe uh, five or so years. Uh, it's a it's a martial arts school, uh, self-defense as well. Um, Jiu-jitsu, ninjutsu, um, karate, all different types of weapons, things I don't even know what their names are in English. Um, you know, but but all sorts of things. Um, we're located in, in Tyson's Corner, right in front of Tyson's Corner One Mall off Leesburg Pike. Um, if anyone's interested, you know, need a website, reach out to Nicholas. Um, you want you want to learn how to defend yourself, uh, you know, just or if you're just, you know, a Naruto fan. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> you know, reach out to uh, you know, you know, hit us up, hit us up on the page, send us a message. Um, but let's jump right into it. All right. So first topic. Um, this is actually something I've been hesitant to talk about for a while, right? Like I just said, we're in episode 19, we've been doing this since August. Um, I'm going to talk really briefly a little bit about my background. All right, so I, I uh, my family is originally from, from Pakistan. Um, my dad's been here about 51 years now. And um, so I'm a, a second generation. And I was born in New Jersey, all right? And I was in a completely Caucasian Jewish neighborhood. It was a really good community. Um, and no one back then really knew what a, what a Pakistan was, right? You would say that and, you know, God knows where people would point on the globe. Like they're, they're, this was back in, I was born in, I guess I have to finish that sentence. I was born in the mid eighties. All right. And, um, you know, at that time, Damn, oh, it was, God. <laughs> uh, for the record, Where's... Nicholas is older than me. I'm just going to put it, put it out there. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I was, I was, you know, raised in, in you know, in, in Jersey, it was, it was a good community, but I got bullied a lot. Why? Because it wasn't really necessarily, I guess, racist. Kids get bullied for standing out, right? The Japanese have, have a proverb, right? The, the, the tree that sticks out of the forest gets cut down first. And, and that's what it was. And, and I dealt with a lot. By the time I, I got to junior high school, I'd already had like at least like 10 concussions. And that's no exaggeration. Uh, you know, that has changed my view, uh, my perspective of, um, you know, just life in general. And I, you know, even after sixth grade is when I finally started learning to, to fight back and, and defend myself. And I have, you know, a whole history of um, constant just scuffles, um, you know, defending myself. And so that changed my perspective. Because in my mind, I was, you know, like most minorities that grow up or born and raised here, or even just raised here, not even if, born, if they're born here, is why are people picking on me? I see myself exactly like everyone else. So you are forced to accept this reality that you did not realize. So unlike the African-American community, the South Asian community and probably other you know, minority communities in the US as well, aren't really known for having the talk. There is no the talk. So we have to experience it on our own without being mentally prepared for it. And 
you know, especially because, you know, my, like I said, my, my father came here in 1970, you know, it was 10 years in Miami, it was in Jersey, and that's where I was born, um, you know, and, 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 and I dealt with all sorts of uh, discrimination and, and racism and stuff like that. Um, but kind of fast forwarding now, um, one thing that, you know, obviously since, you know, the previous, you know, administration, the, the presidential administration, you know, started their, their campaign, um, you know, like, what was it like back in like 2012, 2014 or something like that? I'm forgetting. I think maybe it was like 2014 or something. Um, FBI, you know, we're, we're tracking the statistics showing that hate crimes toward minorities are dramatically rising. And, you know, there has been a longstanding issue with um, the African-American community, which I believe is the largest or second largest by a close margin with the Hispanic community in the U.S. as far as the largest minority group in, in the U.S., um, I, don't, I don't remember which one's which one's bigger, but I, I think they're pretty close. Hispanic is larger. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, so, you know, obviously, you know, things like you know, people like to, you know, bring up things like, well, slavery's been abolished, and racism doesn't exist only until you mention it, and you, know, you say things like that, but then you obviously have to look at the color of the people that are saying this, and I hate to say it that way, but that's the reality, right? is you cannot comprehend something, this is, this is basic stuff, until you've walked a mile in someone else's shoes. And so with us, you know, the, the, the Hispanic community historically being um, discriminated against in the US and, you know, the African-American community being, um, you know, obviously discriminated against for, obviously for like centuries. Um, one thing that bothers me a lot is that you know, the South Asian community, we, we refer to ourselves as, as Desis, um, as South Asians. There is a lot of discrimination within our own community against people of dark skin or, or black people. And it's sad. So like I have, uh, you know, like my, my sister, for example, right? She, she's married to a phenomenal, phenomenal guy. I have never seen this guy upset right, his family, you know, they're, they're African-American, they're you know, some of the most wonderful people I've ever met. Um, super humble, you know, typical Southern Southern family. And my sister used to be a talk show host uh, for a Pakistani TV show. And this was primarily shown in, in, in Pakistan, but the response and, and a lot of the comments that she got were just really harsh, really, really discriminatory, like, talking about my brother-in-law being black, you know, and my sister is very, very, very pale skinned, you know, very, very light, um, you know, and in South Asian communities and actually in Asia in general, it's considered a, uh, like, there's a lot of words that are considered like negative, that, that carry a negative connotation, like, oh, you're so dark. And that's an insult. Like that is an insult. A lot of that also has to do with you know, the British colonize, col excuse me, colonizing, you know, a lot of these, you know, the, the, these countries in the past and, you know, their concept of, you know, class and, you know, superiority comes from that. In a couple episodes, and we talked about uh, Yasuke, right, the first African samurai. If for anyone here that's watching it, and you guys remember, I was talking about the Japanese were not racist against people of, of, of dark skin at the time, because the Buddha dolls were actually made in black paint. And so they looked at him as if he was like a deity, as if he was like a representation of, of, of Buddha. And so they loved him for that. 
but obviously, you know, fast forward, well, even in the Far East, you're now talking, you know, it's, it's considered, um, you know, a bad thing if you're considered dark. Um, there's skin lightening creams, which are super popular in South Asia, um, you know, Africa throughout too. the Middle East as well. Really? Wow. And it will same thing. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, everything that's been, you know, previous British colonies, anything that isn't colonized by the British, you see this, this mentality there. So my point in all of this is that we as minorities, right, the smaller minority groups, and especially in the US, and, and sure, but in Canada as well, because I'm seeing a lot more happening in Canada the last like decade or so, uh, racism I'm, I'm referring to, is that we need to stick together. Now, I see a lot that there are, you know, like um, other South Asians or, or, you know, even like East Asians and you know, there's a lot of hate crimes right now happening toward the Asian, the East Asian American community. You say Asians and people always think East Asian, right? You say Asian to me, I'm like South or East, right? <laughs> so, to, you know, there, there's a lot, you know, like Chinese, Japanese, Korean, you know, Thai, Vietnamese, they're all being discriminated against because of COVID. That's so stupid. Um, you know, and South Asian, you know, when I was growing up, everyone called me dothead. Now every South Asian is, is considered a terrorist. You know, I mean, it's... Yeah. <laughs> It, it, it's, it's I think, this, yeah. I think part of that too comes from, you know, the former president referring to the COVID, COVID-19 as the China virus, right? Exactly. Oh, well, just, well, Kung flu is what they call it, right? Yeah. Kung flu. I mean, e even worse, you know yeah. what I mean? But um, just as soon as he said that, and then, you know, there's a lot of people who look up to him, he's, you know, considered, a, you know, was considered a leader at the time. So they follow what he says. And then you, you see, you know, some of these things happening. I was actually, so I wanted to say two things real quick with, in reference, going back to what you were talking about, Omar, with, um, you know, in the East Asian community, I make sure I'm specific now. Um, I actually saw a, a, a Tide commercial um, a while back where um, it was a couple, they were doing their laundry and um, you see a black guy and um, an East Asian woman, I'm assuming maybe Chinese or whatever, but he comes to try to kiss her and she pushes him in the washing machine. And then when he comes out, he's, you know, East Asian guy. And then he's, you know, he's able to give his, his lady a kiss. And it was just the most wow. insulting thing that, wow. <laughs> that I've ever seen. I've seen wow. so many of those. <laughs> yeah, I, just they're, they're I just couldn't believe it. I was like, yeah. they're bad. What? It's like, no matter where you go, you know, if you're of a darker complexion, then there's all this, there's something against you. And the other thing I wanted to point out as well, um, with regards to the, you know, the violence against the Asian community. Um, you know, you hear about it, but then until you see it actually happen, then, you know, it hits you a little bit different. I, I mean, just randomly yep. saw a video the other day. There was an incident where a woman was, this is caught from a, st um, a store camera. So your perspective is that you're in the store and you're looking outside. She walks by the store and this guy comes up and he literally like karate kicks her in the stomach. She goes down and then he like proceeds to kick her several times while she's on the ground. And then the guy in the store, I, was, I guess he was an associate, freaking closes the door and locks it. Like nothing happened. You know oh, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. I just saw I that couldn't yesterday. Believe it. I think yeah. he got arrested yeah. too. Um, yeah, what's sad and amazing, well, not amazing, but just frustrating about this is that we're attacking a group of people and not attacking, attacking the policymakers that are responsible mm -hmm. for the spread of COVID, right? 
state yeah, yeah. governor um opening up the state so brag braggadociously opening up the state no mess, no everything's <laughs> open and you know florida that that place has always been special <laughs> so <laughs> so like well, what they're what they're with what i'm saying with spring break like what well if you guys haven't kept up so florida has had a real uh, influx of spring break uh people go there because california right. closed <laughs> yeah. right so yeah. a lot of people are just going to florida and um, a lot of the residents are unhappy and it's, it's again back to um to what you guys mentioned earlier it's really frustrating to see the people i mean you don't want harm to we don't wish harm on anyone but it just kind of shows people how choose people choose ignorance right 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 like a group of people that's not their fault right and it's you not wearing a mask and you not social distancing and you not wanting to um get vaccine shots and people not wanting to listen to science like those are the people to blame for coronavirus not you know asian people I didn't want to talk two more things to Omar. Um, my my family never had to talk either. Now, mind you, my family's like immigrant, so different background. Um, but me growing up, I was got I was called African booty scratcher, mm. whatever that meant. Um, and also, I also want to talk about um, what you're saying with the um, lighter skin tone. So people love like Eurocentric features, like lighter lighter tone you are, like the better off you are. You even see this in like in our jobs, right? Um, so people who tend to be lighter skin tend to be expressed if they're a minority tend to be higher up in the in the totem pole. Um, so they've done little studies on that as well. So yeah, I mean, we just that's why we that's why we have this podcast, right? <laughs> to kind right. of air these kind yeah. of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I'm the only one. Does that mean I'm the only one in the group here that's that's had? The talk, like had the talk from his parents. That's crazy. I didn't, I didn't realize that. <laughs> I haven't had the talk. Right. Well, I'll yeah. be honest. I didn't know there was such a thing actually until, um, like I met you guys. Yeah. And the time I met you guys is actually around the time I also met my brother-in-law as well, right? Yeah. And um, you know, like I also, you know, by extension, have you know other like first cousins and an aunt, you know, that's also African American as well. By the way. Uh, well, obviously their kids are half Pakistani, half Af African-American. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it's just, um, I guess being the, the children of immigrants, our parents, like for speaking of, you know, about like Sahid and I, they haven't really experienced that and didn't, I guess, didn't really realize there needs to be a talk. Yeah. Um, or as Nicholas, I guess, with your family, you know, having been here for, you know, multiple generations, you know, it's sadly normalized to the point where you know that you need to have this talk. But you know, all minority groups in the U.S. now, all of us, you know, like need, need to need to address that with our children. It's it's sad. Yeah, we I, we mentioned this earlier, right? In another episode, like our 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 families benefited from what Nicholas's families had to go through. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I wanted to get to. Yes. Yeah. So the civil rights era, like, opened up a lot of people to come here. A lot of immigrants, Asian immigrants, African immigrants. East Asian immigrants, right? Uh, South uh, Southeast Asian immigrants, South Asian immigrants, right? So, um, yeah, th there was a time where like that wasn't the case, and we attribute a lot of that to what happened in the civil rights era. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know what I think is is going to be interesting as you were talking about having to have the talk, all of us having to have some version of the talk at some point. 
with our with our children down the line is like how those talks will differ, mm -hmm. right? Being that we're all come from different groups. Mm -hmm. So like when my parents had to talk with me, it basically boiled down to several different points. One was you are gonna have to be twice as good as everyone else to get what everyone else has. And no matter what happens, like the world does not care about you, mm -hmm. right? You have to take care of yourself. Um, and if, you know, this it boils down to that, you have to look out for yourself, you have your family, um, but if you get caught up in, you know, any of this mess out here, you know, you, everything is always gonna be worse for you. Yep. That's pretty much what it was. Mm. It's uh, funny you mentioned that. that yeah. I. I so I had that talk with my parents wow. and I think it's a, um, almost any first generation immigrant family, they have some version of that talk. It might be colored a little differently, but it is definitely, you know, I remember my parents telling me, look, you are a little different than most of the American kids. You're going to have to prove yourself even more because they're going to look at you and think you're the son of a janitor or people that are picking, you know, in the fields, they're going to dismiss you. So you're going to have to stand out in a positive way. And when you mess up, the first thing they're going to say is, Oh, it's because you're that kind of person. Yep. And so it, it's funny. Cause when we were talking about the talk, the talk that I was thinking in my head was the talk that everyone's been talking about since last year, which is how to handle yourself when a cop stops you. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't have that talk until mentors had that conversation with me. I didn't have that kind of talk in the workplace about how to conduct yourself in the workplace until I had mentors within the workplace that, that said, look, they're gonna look at you. And the first thing they're gonna do is say, oh, you're that hot headed Latino. So you're gonna have to control your temper and not let that get the better of you because that they'll immediately label you. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And, and even like, so, you know, like the South Asians, we're not really known to be intimidating. All right. Let, let's just put that out there. We're not, that's, that's just it. Right. Unless we're wearing like a big jacket and we just open it all of a sudden, then that's a little intimidating, but only for a split second, only for a split second. But let, let me, you know, like uh, back in 2005 or 2006, um, I was randomly pulled over by a cop who just decided to run my plates. He was sitting in a, uh, you know, a tra I was at a traffic light and he was right behind me and he, he, you know, flashed his lights. I was like, why am I getting pulled over? It pulled me over. And one of the first things he asked me was, mind you, this is about maybe four years after 9-11. He literally said, I quote, do you have any bombs? I'm sorry. Uh, do you have any knives, guns, or bombs in your car? I had two boxing gloves just sitting in like the back of my, my car seat. Um, and he, they asked me prior to that, they asked me for per permission to go through my car. I was like, yeah, fine. I don't care. I have nothing to hide. And so they literally went through like the boxing gloves, put their hands inside. It's kind of nasty because I sweat the crap out of in, inside those gloves, but they were putting their hands inside. They're feeling the foam and everything inside to that degree, yeah. to that degree. You know, so it's sad, like we, we've all faced it. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, everyone's made really good points. And I think for me, I feel very, I, I take it very personally when I hear people around me or people attacking my family 
you know, for, for, for things like, you know, like being related to, um, you know, an African-American, having African-Americans in my family or just saying things about African-Americans in general, um, you know, for obviously, you know, for the reasons that I've already mentioned. And I'm, I don't, I didn't really want to take this into like a religious perspective, but I'm going to really quick um, because we were talking about my background being Pakistan, right? Pakistan is a country that was founded on religious principle, on Islamic principle. And, and I'm calling out Pakistanis all around the world that are watching this right now or that watch this in the future is that we are no better than darker people, all right? The first person in Islam, one of the, 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 the companions of, of the prophet Muhammad, uh, peace be upon him, his name was Bilal. And he was the first person to go up and stand on top of the, the Kaaba and uh, do the call for prayer. And if you see the name Bilal, which you see it a lot, it's because it's to commemorate him. But people forget that. And even in the Quran, and I'm no great Muslim, don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not here to judge anyone based on Islamic principle or religious principle, but I can tell you this, I don't discriminate against people because of their ethnicity or anything, right? I will call something out as I see it, but there is a quote in the Quran, and I'm just gonna translate in English, is that no Arab is superior to a non-Arab and no non-Arab is superior to an Arab. And, and I just want to end off on, on that note for, for my segment, at least, you know, that that's something that everyone needs to realize, you know, our generation, uh, you know, you don't really see it in generation Gen Z, for example, but millennials, Gen Z, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Gen X, whatever it was before us, and, you know, the boomer generation and all that, right? If any of you guys are watching <laughs> this- I think I was got offended just now. I was like, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I had to recircle it back when, when it goes in order. What is it? Why, we're why. You know, why before millennials are all the boomers. <laughs> <laughs> I promise that was not meant to be a discriminatory remark. <laughs> we're just talking about this. I'm not offended by it. <laughs> so he, so he's about to have a uh, very important call from uh, Jose tomorrow. <laughs> oh. hey. Hey, let, so let me actually pick up on something that you mentioned very briefly, Omar, but I think it also buttons up exactly what you just said as I'm, you know, soaking in those quotes you just gave. You talked about um, before that there's so much more that we all have in common as minorities, people of color, and when we start talking about colorism, we start talking about, you know, we talked about colonialism and how that brought a lot of this um, thought of being lighter skinned is a, a part of superiority. And if you go back through history, just even American history, right? It, the whole point is, is a power structure. And we talk about racism, right? When they say, oh, well, can someone that's black be racist? Can someone that is of color be racist? Right. And there's a concept introduced that, hey, racism has to deal with power. And I think it's a little more nuanced. Is it possible for someone that is Black to be racist? I think on a general term, no. But when you start pulling out the different threads and saying, okay, someone, and this is, I think, one of the, I had this conversation with, my, with uh, some of my brothers the other day, and, and it got kind of heated. We were talking about, um, and I don't know how many of you all heard in the news, where there was two teenagers that 
carjacked in a Uber Eats driver. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, my foster brother and I, we were like, oh, this is horrible. This is, you know, like, you know, justice needs to be met and we should all be coming together. Um, my foster brother had, you know, some other things that, that, that he, that he kind of mentioned that got my, my youngest brother, it triggered him. He's like, well, no, I need to shut the door. I don't, you know, like we need to make sure that they're not blaming the fact that these, these, uh, as a two girls or the, I forget these teenagers, yeah, two girls. Black. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, look, as insofar as they, did they do it because the, the person was South Asian I think that they might not have looked at it that way at the moment. I agree. I agree. Um, but there was a power play being made there. And so, you know, I told them, you know, my thought was society has taught us to divide and make a distinction. And so we are all people of color. We are all people that are not in power. And those that are in power, they're banking on the fact that we will fight amongst ourselves right and keep ourselves right. divided because if we did unite if we did come together the society would be a lot different but right. you know it, it it you can go through all the memes right a black man walks into a chinese restaurant or a convenience store and what happens right that's that joke you've seen on Chappelle show right the asian person right. following the 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 black person right and all that kind of stuff right. exactly hurry up and buy right you have um you know we talk with we were talking about, um, uh, with my brothers, we're talking about, are you going to see a brown child in a cage at the border? Like, yeah, you're going to see that, but are you going to see a white child in New York coming in from Europe? Are they going to be put in a cage, right? There's a distinction there. And so there's always this different power structures that, you know, people are led into the club, you know, a little bit at a time. It used to be, for example, Italians and Irish were looked right. down yeah, and they were allowed into the club because, oh wait, there's another group that we can point to to say that there's a problem. It used to be that Asians um, were the model minority, both East Asians and South Asians, right? But the second 9/11 happened, oh, okay, now we have another group to, to make a distinction on, right? And those those parsing and subdividing of these groups to keep ourselves separated is what people, like I said, are banking on so that the status quo persists. So I really love the fact that you said those quotes that you said. I know, you know, bringing religion in. And so to me, I, I think of it as a philosophical point, right? Exactly. If yeah. we all came together and did what we felt was right, the first of all, those that want to keep the status quo would be very, very concerned because we'd be changing things. We'd be, and, you know, maybe this is a good segue into some of the other topics we're going to talk about today. But those are some of the things that I'm excited about because I'm seeing that in in like our, our movies and in our shows, we're starting to talk about these types of topics. Right. Absolutely. Those are phenomenal, phenomenal points. Thank you so much for, for, for saying that, chiming in. And you're right. I think that that is a, see, it looks like you have to, have to say something. You're on mute. Whoops, that was embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> that happened. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Yeah, let me say one quick thing. So yeah, Jose, absolutely right. When you talked about us banding together, right, the people in power like get really concerned. You kind of see that happening in Georgia, right? You know, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> can't buy yeah. people water anymore while they're waiting in lines to, to yeah. vote, right? So yeah. 
Um, but yeah, but go ahead, Omar, go, uh, go ahead with your comments so we can like move on to the next. Um... Yeah, yeah, no, I think that was, uh, uh, you know, the, the final, my final thoughts on that as well. And, you know, we obviously on this show talk about all sorts of things, right? Um, you know, minority empowerment, uh, you know, we're all really the same. And, and that's really the point of this show. We talk about nerdy stuff. We talk about discrimination, racism stuff, but we talk about more nerdy stuff again. We are all the same. We have the same hobbies, right? It's not like we're, you know, uh, discriminating against people, you know, like Caucasians, you know, white Americans or anything. It's it's not that. It's specifically toward the people that do not understand our plight, right? Um, but but with that said, um, speaking of nerdy stuff, getting back into on, on a lighter note, uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes, yes, yes. Finally, some good stuff. You know, we, we talked about DC. It was pretty boring. Um, Whatever. You know, Whatever. Now back to now back to Marvel. You know, where, where the real comic book stuff is at. Um, so that yeah. is a guy who doesn't read comics and watches <laughs> giant monster movies. <laughs> We're talking about Marvel. All right, we're not talking you, about DC. You you, you like you that? Had your did you like that trailer week. I sent? Did you like that trailer I sent for uh, Godzilla versus Kong? That was great, man. I got I got to say, hey, I watched that growing up. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> yeah. But uh, episode two, so two episodes out so far. Um, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, really, really good so far. Um, having some some interesting thoughts about the second episode. The first I, one left off on a big. Uh, I have thoughts on these episodes too. So if you thought that we we're done talking about race. We're not. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Falcon and, and the Winter Soldier really does a good job of like talking about race. It does give bring this big what the f moment of like, wait, these Avengers guys don't get paid apparently. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, that was interesting. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I, the one thing, the one fault I have is like, is is Sam still the guy that you can't figure out anyone, nobody in your past who can help you fix a boat? Like, no one. <laughs> I mean, well, well, my thing was like, is Tony Stark that much of a jerk yeah. to not pay any of these people? Like, he just has a facility built. Like, hey, y'all can stay here, but don't look at me for anything else. Like, billionaire <laughs> philanthropist, Playboy, blah 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 blah. But you can't count well, me for Jack. It's so funny. So, in the Age of Ultron movie, uh, movie right? Um, there, there was a little joke about that where um steve steve he's brooklyn right so he was like yeah i can't afford a place in brooklyn i'm like you can't yeah but but, <laughs> but it goes now? it goes beyond that though because even like you know the guy that you know the falcon like he was even talking about he doesn't want handout handouts he doesn't want that he you know and, and that was the point that they were trying to make i don't think a handout is putting your life on the line exactly right? not exactly a handout right yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, feel, I feel that. that, that but who was going to pay them? They weren't employed by Tony Stark. He was one of the Avengers. He wasn't their their boss. And okay, yes, he had their headquarters. Was, he had their kind of was, but he, he kind of wasn't at the same time, though. Yeah. He, yes, he did yeah. provide most of the stuff, but he wasn't their employer, right? Yeah, he wasn't yeah I guess that, would, that does bring up an interesting point because by paying them, that would have meant that they worked for him. Exactly. Uh, so that would have brought so, out. So like that's a, how I took it. Yeah. Okay. But, but what they okay. should have talked about was it was okay, Nick Fury recruited them. 
So right. we should have employed and we've been like, hey, there you go. What's the 401k plan look like for a superhero? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're all shield operatives at the end of the day, right? Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. It's a great yeah. point. Deal no. pension plan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, 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 that's the only part for me that's a little like, eh, like you can't figure out how to get this like, like boat fix on your own. Like, come on, you, you know people. But I do want to talk. So what I love about this series and what I love about you guys, particularly is that we don't shy away from race. And this series doesn't do that. I feel like a lot of times people use kind of have their guilty pressures to kind of run away from like race topics. But this one like kind of throws it in your face. Um, and it, this one hit home for me a little bit too, because it talks about things that we struggle with, especially all of us in the, in the technology industry, right? So episode one starts off with, uh, with uh, Sam giving back essentially the, the shield, right? Because he doesn't feel like he like, is the, can, can do this, right? And you saw this at the end of like uh, Endgame, right? Where it's like, it feels like someone else's, right? This touches on a very interesting point that you see a lot in technology. It's called imposter syndrome, right? Um, and this is something you see a lot with minorities, uh, women in technology and whatnot, <clears throat> where they kind of feel like there may be a token and whatnot, and they just feel like they're not good enough, right? Mm. Um, and, and so again, you see this a lot in my field, a lot. Um, so imposter syndrome is a thing and yeah, it makes sense that Sam would be feel have imposter syndrome because he is stepping behind a super soldier. And let's face it, we all and Sam got beat up by Ant Man. So, um, <laughs> well, I wouldn't say he got beat up necessarily. I don't know about that. I don't know. At the end of that fight, at the end of the fight, the Cap can't know about this. I'm just saying. <laughs> that's because he. That's because he got away, though. Not. I would say he got right. But anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, but but there, there's that's. Let me let's let's start there. Let me let's start there. Where um, imposter syndrome. You see um, Sam um, giving at the shield, um, and the episode ended. And boy, I've gone through this actually, where they give the shield to somebody else. <laughs> um, and this is such a slap in the face of Sam. So I will say yeah. that at one company before, um, I was slated to like take like an elite spot, and not only did they not give me that spot, they hired somebody else and brought someone else to to do it. It's that person who I had to train to do that job, which I thought was mine. So um, it's yeah that. <laughs> Oh God! So yeah, let's start. Let's stop there. And for episode one, and let's tell me, what do you guys think about like that so far? What are your thoughts? So, I, I so for episode one, I really enjoyed it. Um, what got me was the scene at the bank um, at the end, where like he was trying to get that loan, and it was like you know they had all their paperwork in order, everything was good. They're thinking that hey, everything's going to be good. I'm like, I can use like a little bit of my celeb status to give my man a little sway. Yeah. And it didn't mean anything. It didn't mean Jack. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the guy was like, ah, you know, no loan, but can I get a picture? Can I get an autograph? Right. Or whatever. That's right. interesting and, though. Like you can you can the bank like use them as like a like some celebrity to like for advertising or something? Like ugh, it's weird. Um Yeah, it's like they didn't they didn't think it through at all. But I mean, you know, bringing that back to like you know how you know in, in real life like a lot of 
minority-owned businesses do the same, go through the same thing, right? Where they come in, they have a plan. Yes, there may be some risk to it, but had they been, you know, white or whatnot, then the loan, the bank probably would have given them that loan. But because they are who they are, the bank doesn't want to take a chance. They end up not being able to start their business and, you know, things snowball from there. Mm-hmm. So that kind of that just hit home for me right there. I was just like, I could tell then that they're really gonna they're really gonna take a bet with this show. Yeah. And I was a little worried because I was like, maybe the premise is just gonna be too simple. Like it might be like a lethal weapon type deal where just you have like two buddies who go on an adventure and it's gonna be super simple where WandaVision was like a little more complicated and nuanced. But I'm loving the angle that they're taking. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have more to say, but definitely Omar Jose. Um yeah, I've spoken a lot, so I want to give uh, Jose the opportunity to share his thoughts right now. Um, to me, the, yeah, the, the scene that stood out in the first episode was the bank scene. And um, so my take was a little different. It wasn't, I don't know that it was necessarily a, uh, well, I guess the way I looked at it was, it wasn't necessarily that he was black, but I think it's all of the history wrapped around that. Where would that family be coming from what was their background? Like, those are the things that banks are supposed to be unbiased. They're supposed to be about the numbers, and they look at that. But then there's always an element of, like, okay, do we understand that certain families came from nothing, whereas other families, they started out with a silver spoon in their mouth, right? Yeah. And so that's what makes it, e- you know, like, easier for them to have a successful business like a certain, you know, leader of our country, right? <laughs> you take someone who, you know, they had their restaurant, because it was like the restaurant, right? If I remember the episode correctly, or the talk, it was she had a, like a restaurant, and then they had that, that boat. And so he, so he was talking about, oh, I'm changing the business plan. And now it's, I'm going to go get fresh catch, bring it to the restaurant, and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So like, clearly, like we said earlier, he had a business plan. He was going above and beyond to show that he had viability, he had an idea, and there was no credit given to the amount of grit that his family was showing, keeping the business alive as long as they had. Right. And then say, hey, does that count for something so that we should be giving that person some, some, some grace and some points for the fact that, hey, look, they're already set up to fail and they're still surviving. And I think that's the story of a lot of those families. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's worth pointing out, too, that it, with this pandemic, like 40% of Black-owned businesses have closed down. Wow. Wow. Um, So, yeah. So, uh, great points by all. Moving on a little bit. So, a lot to your points. They talk a little bit about, so some of the quotes that that, kind of catches me on. So, the Flag Smashers, right? Um, That's uh, that's actually the name of an actual villain, right? But they turn into a a group of people um, that they have to fight against. And their whole idea is the world is better as one before the blip or after the blip. Uh, so they said that they felt that the world was better before the blip. And Sam... Uh, d- during the blip. Yeah, well, during the blip. Yeah, thanks for the correction. Yeah. So, and Sam makes this quote, like, saying, well, what's better for one or for what's better for some is worse than for others, right? Which kind of gives you some of the tone of what this this show is about, which is, what, which is um, just... Oh, just what I loved about this show. Like they, they don't yeah. hide from the race at all. Like even right. yeah. like even when like he was like referring to like his, his sister and like how he's gonna go to the bank and he's like, Oh, I'm not gonna play with these white people. I'm like, 
wait, what? We're doing this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So yeah, uh, any more thoughts? Because I kind of want to get into that the uh, that second episode. Yeah, second episode. Let's yeah. do it. Second yeah. episode. So um by, by the way, we haven't talked too much about Bucky. Um who's that? <laughs> well, I mean, he, he gets a little more love here though. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, he does. Gets a little more in the second episode. Um, he does. He's he's still he's still struggling through his things. Yeah. Kind of mess up a little bit that cap kind of left him in the in the future. <laughs> why he went to live his life in the past. I also wonder why he's still not just in Wakanda just chilling out. But um no, this is it's good that he's like kind of facing like his demons and trying to cope with with everything and you see him with a psychiatrist and 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 everything and there's some nuance with the episodes too that like i won't get into because we don't have that much time but about the second episode so we get the captain america the new captain america so great uh, you're talking about great great discount uh exactly. captain america it's, a, it's, the, it's that typical meme discount right yeah <laughs> where it's like this is what you order this is what you <laughs> yeah i know exactly what you're talking about but, but you can tell you can tell he's he's a different uh character because he's it seemed like he was more likely to solve his problems with uh with brute force yeah. than the previous Captain America. Like, did you notice how, like, so Cap didn't carry a gun, like Steve yeah. Rogers didn't carry a gun, but when they were fighting on top of the trucks, or yeah, I think it was a truck or whatever, dude turned around, like, you know, his his, uh, his partner was, uh, you know, held hostage or whatever, yeah. and he came out with the gun, bam, like shot the guy, um, like real real quick, you know what I mean? Yeah. And just, just the way he was introduced as well, like his partner was like, hey, yeah. you can't solve all your problems with your fists anymore. Yeah, yeah I mean. so I got a theory about him. He's going to be either an antagonist or somewhat of an antagonist. He is not going to stick around in, in, in that role, maybe throughout the, 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 the season. Um, but a couple, a couple things that, that lead me to believe that is obviously, you know, they introduced him as someone very humane, right? Yeah. Um, they, you know, he was being interviewed in, in the stadium, talked about his, his past, and they showed him being very humble. But then what did you see after that? Then he was very like full of himself. And then they showed him kind of like, you know, when uh, uh, the, the Winter Soldier, uh, uh, God, what was his name again? Um, Bucky. Uh, Bucky, I was about to say, thinking Gary. Uh, Bucky <laughs> and, and Sam got out of, out, of, uh, out of jail, right? He's outside just kind of like, you it's know, me. having fun. Yeah, it's me. I got you out. Like his humbleness is gone as if it was all a show. And I wonder how much of his history is even true. So it feels like he's not legit. He's going to turn out to be some kind of like an antagonist or maybe something like someone that's kind of like, like mixed. But the other kind of funny reason I think that is the actor that they actually pick for him is a little bit, I hate to say this, is it, they're portraying him as kind of goofyish, right? He's not yeah. someone, okay, you look at Black Widow, you look at Sam, you look at Bucky, Captain America, you look at the caliber of these actors. Someone like this is not going to stick around, you know, and, and, and be an actual superhero that's going to be part of the Avengers. Yeah. And from what they're already slowly foreshadowing, I think that, you know, he, they're, they're going to continue to explore the conflicts between Sam and, and, and Bucky and, and, uh, and, and him and his buddy. Well, I have a theory. I have a theory real quick too. 
real quick. He's U.S. agent, by the way. That's his actual yeah. U.S. agent. So, but I, I, I get the real Nicholas. Go, go ahead, Nicholas. So one, one more thing. So like when they were on in the fighting scene, where like when when Cap and uh, well, the new Cap and his partner like met up with Falcon and Bucky on top of the truck, and they're like, "Yo, how did you find us?" And he says something, some BS about being able to track them or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Later on, you see like a text to the 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 female super soldier. I forget her name, Carly or something like that. Oh and yeah. It's like, yeah. You took what was mine. I'm going to kill you. And I'm wondering if it wasn't uh, it was actually U.S. agent yeah. who was able to track her, and he just happened to be there with Captain Bucky, and he's like saying said some BS like, "Oh, we were already tracking you to cover his tracks." Like, I wonder if he was already there. He he wants the super soldier serum for himself because he's not a super soldier yet, like the original. Good character. point. Good point. I think this is all a setup, and 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 I forgot <laughs> to mention that, and and you just took the the conversation in kind of in that direction. Yeah. So, yeah, I have a little different theory on that one. I think there's a different villain that they're going to introduce later. But um, her name, by the way, is Carly Montgethew or something, I think. Um, yeah, that's, that's the original flag for the actual guy versus the group. Um, I do want to talk about what was introduced in episode two, which was, so they made a great joke um, when, um, about Black Falcon, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Black kid. <laughs> you guys, did you guys catch that? was good. <laughs> black Falcon, Black kid, right? Are you Black but, kid? But they, they, were, they were making fun of, so Marvel was making fun of themselves though, right? Because they yeah. tend to uh, yeah. uh, label their characters by their race. So like yeah. Black Goliath was an actual character name, right? Um, so yeah, that was actually a pretty fun joke, but he was on his way to meet Isaiah Bradley. Yes. You guys yeah. know who this guy is. One of my yep. favorite parts of the whole episode. Yes, yeah. that was episode two. Um, Isaiah Bradley. So uh, Isaiah Bradley, the actual a black version of Captain America in which they kept secret, right? Um, who mysteriously disappeared. And I think that actually happened in actual comic book lore. Like, I don't know if I can exactly. You guys go ahead and like chat about that. Um, but like, I think they actually like got rid of him. Like, because I guess- He threw him in jail. Yeah. Threw him in jail. Yeah. yeah. But I think a lot of like what he did though, uh, what, they, what he explained happened to him um, is very similar to the Tuskegee experiment. I don't know if you guys know about that one. That's the point yeah. that I wanted to make. There you yes. go. Yep. Um, so what was that? Yes. The Tuskegee, the Tuskegee uh, experiment. So back, like, I don't know, God knows when, um, a while ago, uh, they, they used men of Tuskegee, right? They tested, like, syphilis cures on men of Tuskegee, right? So we talk about how the Black community, like, with the vaccines now, right? The black community hesitant to take the vaccine. Taking the vaccine, and there's good reason for this, right? One of them is the Tuskegee experiment. The other one is the government actually trying to poison people with like. Oh. Uh, um, yes. Yeah. Okay. I know now. But I'm so sure the Tuskegee the Tuskegee okay. experiment is the one that was publicized, right? Yes. But there were so many more experiments. Yes. Um, and on black and minorities, you know what I mean, like. Is with uh, with what the medical community learned from about like um, the female body. A lot of that came from experimentation on black women as well. 
So just the fact that wow. we yeah have a little bit about this in the show about experimentation, I mean that spoke volumes to me right there. Yes. Uh, Jose, you have anything to say? Yeah, no, like you guys hit hit the nail on the head on the part that got me really amped up about this. Like we got we got to remember this is all happening inside of Disney Plus. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's the thing that got yeah. me excited because, like, Disney Plus doesn't you know Disney as a company they don't like going there because you know this is it's a small world and you know right they want everyone to go visit that they don't want to offend anyone and so they tend to shy away from this but like this is this is why i got connected to shows that are based on comics uh, dirty little secret i did not really read comics growing up but because these shows came up <laughs> right like even like super friends and you know all those things growing up it made me curious and and now that we have the google and all these other things i started researching so the second that i saw that they had wait super soul a black super soldier started researching I'm like oh this is this whole and i found an article that talked about the dirty secret about marvel and how they had black superheroes black super soldiers and that you know and and you know the underpinnings of like tuskegee and all that kind of stuff and i was like this is deep and it's very poignant that they're actually talking about it on a Disney, you know, yeah. show, number yeah, one, number point. two, because of everything that happened last year, you know, the fact that it's like, okay, you know what, we have to have these conversations. I feel it's a small step in the right direction. Yeah. And so as we bring these things out and, and honestly, comics bring up so many subjects that because it was this, I don't want to call it an underworld of like literature, but it's, it's, it's a literature that was able to fly under the radar. So they were able to introduce so many concepts. When you start talking about LGBT, when you start talking about um, women, um, you know, superheroes, right? And, you know, superheroes of color, like comic books could go there because there wasn't like this, it wasn't mainstream. And so they could write some of these and do a couple of series, right? About these types of things. And so the fact that they're going there and they're, it, and that it's coming out in, in mainstream media, right? Like it gives me a little bit of hope that we're gonna have to ha start having those conversations. Yeah. Damn, oh. those are some phenomenal points. And I, I never thought about it that way about, about Disney. And, and that's, that's so true. Yeah. And I, I think that what's really respectable about what Marvel is doing is growing up Obviously, you know, a few episodes ago, and actually we touched on this a, a few times about how the norms of society, what is considered good and bad change with each generation, right? And growing up, there wasn't really that much awareness about minority rights and equality in the country. So, you know, seeing comic books, everyone was Caucasian, mostly, right? And kids grew up aspiring to want to be superheroes, like like most guys, right? Not Not always guys, girls too, but mostly guys, right? Um, and that's, I, I think it's great that they've now realized, maybe not now, because it's, they've been doing this for some years. I mean, look at, you know, Luke Cage, you know, and, and, you know, the Daredevil, you know, that whole, you know, uh, uh, series uh, that they were doing, um, which for me is, I felt like when Marvel really started exploring, you know, like minority equality and, and stuff like that with, within the, you know, their, their movies and shows. But I think it's just really, really respectable that they're doing this because now kids today can look up to minority superheroes and be like, I want to be like like that one, 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys catch on to that? I mean, that scene had so much that I was just like, oh, I'm giddy. Did you catch when Baltimore PD shows up? Yes. Uh, they go oh, to how can we not mention that? Yeah. Yes. Sir, are you okay? This man bothering yeah. me. And then who they end up arresting? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to bring that up and I completely forgot. So, Jose, thank you for, for mentioning that. I mean, that speaks for itself. And they picked Baltimore of all places. Yeah. yeah. It was and so I noticed, noticed how the cop put his hand on his gun when um yep. when Sam was talking back to him. He was like, I'm not giving you anything. Yeah. And mm -hmm. dude had his yes. hand on his gun like real quick. Yeah. And notice how Sam all of a sudden they almost like, I don't want to say change his character, but it was almost like they were literally now focusing on showing something else, like literally trying to prove a point. Well, you know. They, they're, they're focused on him being black and that like exactly because he could have he could have easily have said i'm the falcon yeah but well I mean, he, again he helped save like the universe right <laughs> yeah you, okay yeah you, you, think, you think he'd be you think that he'd be known for that right uh you forgot to well mention they even said i i didn't recognize you without the uh the, the suit or something the goggles that's what they got yeah yeah yeah, yeah. B.S. <laughs> so one real, one real quick thing about what you guys said about like now kids see like superheroes and they're like, oh, that could be me. Mm -hmm. So I got, uh, I have a seven-year-old. This kid is obsessed with Black Panther. Like he, he goes to bed with his little Black Panther action figure because he sees himself in that. He sees himself in that character. He really saw himself in Miles Morales. Like... Ooh. Nice, great. I, 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 I'm so. They could have the most crappiest Spider Verse movie out there, <laughs> and I will still take my son to watch that because he sees himself in that superhero. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's the well, that animated Spider Verse movie is a classic. Man, I love it. That's probably still waiting for that male South Asian yeah. superhero. That's not you know some IT expert. We have <laughs> Kamala Harris, who's uh, Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel. Um, yeah. Actually, also you know. Uh, also a Pakistani background from Jersey. Um, same last name as, as my wife. Um, so and you also have um I think it's I think his name is like Simon Val or something like that, but he's a Green Lantern in uh in DC too. Mm -hmm. By the way, I said Kamala Harris and I just realized that, that it's not Kamala Harris. <laughs> Her name is Kamala Khan. Kamala Khan. Actually, no, I, I did think I really say Kamala Harris? I think you had it right. So Kamala. Our vice president, that's how you pronounce your name, but Kamala Khan is the right way to pronounce it. Yeah, yeah. So I think you had it right. Okay. Um, I did want to point out a couple of things. Um, I think the bad guy is going to be called Power Broker. That's the person who I think is um, who's getting those texts from, like Carrie. Um, so Power Broker is like one of the bad guys in, uh, in Marvel. Um, so Isaiah Bradley's uh, nephew there. Um, the one that didn't want to let them inside the house, he's also mm -hmm. a hero, right? So he's Eli Bradley. Eli Bradley, yes. So he's Patriot. Um, so we don't know if he's actually going to be in one of these. Like they are trying to do this young superhero type thing. Young Avengers. Yeah, the Young Avengers. Um, I think he was in something else called the Thunderbolts. I think. Um, I'm not sure. But so I'd never heard of Power Broker. What is he? Some like evil life insurance agent. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be. Um, 
No, I think power it's, broker. It's, it's, it's Jake from State Farm's boss. <laughs> <laughs> Looking him up right now. Right. Yeah, no power. Partnership power with Red Skull. Okay, okay. Yeah, he's a thing. That that's a thing. He's a guy. So, um, yeah, there there's some things to actually look out for for uh. Interesting. For, yeah. for that I really think they're going to do the Young Avengers thing, though, because you have the Kamala Khan series, you have Eli Bradley, you have Hawkeye's uh, daughter. Yes. Um, I, I forget her name or whatever, but she becomes... Haley Stainfield. Uh, Haley Stainfield. Stainfield. Yeah. Stainfield. She's beautiful, by the way. But go, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> You're too old. Um... <laughs> <laughs> they have a couple of people, too. Ouch. I just got, like, my whole thing. <laughs> Yeah, I think <laughs> Avengers is coming, man. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think we should save that for, for another episode because I don't know much about Young Avengers. I think that would be a really interesting topic actually to get into.